Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and listen to it. We hope and pray that it will be edifying for you and help you grow closer to Christ. We also hope that you would share us with others, tell others about us and how you found us. We continue to grow each week with more and more listeners and more and more positive likes and comments. And we feel very blessed that we're able to do this. For more information, you can go to uh, biblicalquestion.com, all small, and there you can find out more about us. You can also contact us through our webpage if you have a prayer request. Uh, we've had one come through, and others who have asked us not to post on the webpage, but just to pray for them, and we certainly honor that as well. Some podcast apps might list us as, as Deaf Preacher, D-E-A-F Preacher, and you can tell others how to find us. We're on many different apps and the list is also on our webpage. Today we're going to talk about Christ the King. Christ the King. And I want to start off here by reading 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 4 through 9. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint us a king for us to judge us like the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to all the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Verse 8, Like all the deeds which they have done since the day I brought them from Egypt, even to this day, and that they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are not doing this to you. Now listen to their voice. However, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them. I grew up listening to Elvis Presley. My parents uh, really enjoyed listening to him. I think he was probably one of their more favorite uh, artists, singers. I know they enjoyed his movies. And I recall where I was at when I first heard uh, that he uh, had passed away. We're at a uh, Chicago Cubs uh, AAA team, and the whole crowd just kind of moaned when they heard that. They couldn't believe that the king of rock and roll was dead. You know, after Elvis Presley died, uh, it was not uncommon to read headlines in the tabloids such as, I was Elvis's love child, or Elvis, his ghost, is my father. And many people, uh, they claim to be related to the king of rock and roll, either through uh, for the prestige of it, or wearing his name, or possibly trying to get a share of his inheritance. In the heat of all this activity, a radio station out of Detroit, they advertised that for just $2 in a self-addressed stamp envelope, you too could be Elvis's child. For that sum, you could receive an authentic birth certificate from the radio station signed by the radio's disc jockey. And if I recall, his name was Dick Purton. Uh, the certificate claimed that it entitled uh, the bearer 
to appear to be able to walk into any talk show in the country as Elvis's child. Approximately uh, 2,000 people set their envelopes and became the, the children of the king, so to say. But most people, uh, everybody I would say, knew that uh, this was really just a worthless piece of paper. No one could become Elvis Presley's child just because of a worthless certificate. The people who had bought those documents had no legal stand of any kind. But why? But why could you not become the child of Elvis Presley by purchasing one of those documents? Well, that's because the people of the radio station had no authority to issue such a document in the first place. We're going to do a lot of skipping around today in the podcast, and I certainly hope that you have your Bible and you take your notes and uh, following along the best that you can. We're going to start off here in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. And there's a prophecy from, from Jeremiah that was made hundreds of years before uh, the Hebrew writer would write this down. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The Apostle John, he would also write, See how great the love that the Father has bestowed on us, that we could be called children of God, and such we are. And for this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. That would be in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. You know, this, this new covenant is really what makes us, Christians, children of the King. Oh, not the King of rock and roll, but the King of glory. The King who created all things. It has to do with the value because of the one who had the authority to call us children. The Hebrew writer, back to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, backing up just a little bit from where we were a moment ago. But now he has obtained more excellent ministry, by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. You see, this new covenant has better promises than the old one did. And what do we mean by promises? What is this new covenant offer that we could not have before, or could not have had before? Well, the first thing is, uh, we have a new relationship. The old covenant was something that you were born into. If you were born of the Jewish parents, you were automatically an Israelite. And if you were an Israelite, because of all your family had been Israelites. It was not a choice that you really made. It was pretty much made for you. You were born into that position. However, to, to become a Christian is something else again. You cannot be born into the church. You can be born of Christian parents. And you can be brought to church by your parents every Sunday of every day of your life, but you cannot be born a Christian just because your parents are Christian. 
You see, we must be reborn, uh, Jesus would say in John chapter 3, verse 5, of water and of spirit. You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And we need to be able to recognize that we are all sinners and we all truly need His forgiveness, His cleansing blood. We need Him to be leading us in our lives. We need to, to seek out the Scriptures each and every day. We need to repent of our sins. And yes, you need to confess Jesus as your King. The one who will now run your life in all aspects. You need to be buried in, in the waters of, of Christian baptism and rise again in a new life. Living faithfully in obedience to the King, King Jesus. No one else can make this decision for you. I cannot make it and your parents cannot make it. Nobody can. You know, when we've all made the decisions, uh, Romans 8.15 8, says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, which we cry out, Abba, Father. Parents have children. Uh, they live in your house, and they eat at your table, and they watch your TV, and they sleep in the rooms that you provide, and they ride in your car, or you pay for their bus trip, or you make them walk to school, whatever the situation might be. But you know, there are other children in your neighborhood, in, in your little community. And they come out, and they come to your house every once in a while to visit your kids or whatever. And they can watch TV or play on the computer. And they can even eat meals at your table and stay overnight. But the next day, more than likely... They're going to go home. You see, only your children have the right to stay in your house. Only they have the right to call you father or mom. The second uh, point to all of this is, is in addition to all of that, we, we have received a new citizenship. A new citizenship. Again, we're going to be rereading Hebrews here in a second. I'm a citizen of the United States of America with all the rights and privileges that go along with it. Many of the other people who listen to the podcast from the Philippines to uh, England, Canada, Mexico, uh, the list is really quite long. We have about 50, 55 different countries that tune in. They're all citizens of their country with all the privileges that go along with living in those particular nations. But as Christians, we actually kind of have this thing of dual citizenship. We have a, a higher citizenship, really. We are citizens of all the same kingdom. No matter where we call home on this planet, we all have the same citizenship in the kingdom of Christ. But wait here, something is, is wrong here, right? Some people might be scratching their heads. Well, let's reread Hebrews 8.10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So, who is this new covenant made with? Well, the Hebrew writer says the house of Israel. 
Well, I know I was not, and probably the majority of the listeners uh, were not born of Israelite parents. Neither were any of you more than likely. You and I are what the people in Jesus' day would call uh, Gentiles. Here in Hebrews, we are told that the covenant is being made with the house of Israel, not Gentiles. So how can you and I take part in this new covenant if we're not born uh, naturalized citizens of Israel? Well, turn with me here. We're going to read uh, about eight verses here out of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. We're going to read through verse 20. Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, by that so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. But remember that you at one time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh and the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that he himself might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. Verse 16, And might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enemy. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So, what is the Apostle Paul uh, telling us here in Ephesians, as well as all the readers that we've been reading in this letter here, in this podcast, excuse me. Well, i got six points here real quick I, I want you to think about. Paul is saying, once you were just Gentile, Number two, he, he says, you were once separated from Christ. Number three, you were excluded from the citizenship with Israel. Number four, foreigners to the covenant. And number five, without hope. And number six, probably the scariest one would be, and without God. You see, though, we have a new citizenship. If, if we're in the blood of Christ, I am part of the covenant with Israel because 
where I once was excluded from the citizenship of Israel, I am now part of Israel, according to the Apostle. Next point that I'd like to make is God has made good on his promise that he promised in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 says this, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You see, because of this new relationship that we can have, and along with our new citizenship, we have a new heart and spirit placed within us. In other words, we are a new people. We are a new creation. A man, he, he approached a woman in a restaurant and, with a broad smile, said, Mary, it, it's so good to see you. I really love your new look. You've changed your hairstyle, the color of your hair, and your new makeup highlights. Oh, you look really nice, Mary. And, and Mary, oh, let me look at you. You really look nice in your new clothes. And this woman, she begins to blush and says, uh, Sir, I think you had me mistaken for someone else, because my name is Helen. Well, the man paused for a moment, and he said, Oh, and you had changed your name too? This poor woman, she really did suffer a really bad case of a mistaken identity. But with Christ's blood, there is no mistake. We are all children of God, remade, reborn, with a new identity for those of us who have been cleansed in the blood of Christ. Paul would also write to, to Titus, a, a young preacher, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. He writes, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. This is exactly what the Hebrew writer stated when we read Hebrews 8.12 For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. The two writers are in agreement. Does this mean under the old covenant people's sins were not forgiven? Well, no, they were forgiven. It is all in light of the cross and they are able to obtain their forgiveness under the old covenant. Much like a credit card that you use. You, you buy something today using your card and 30 days later you'll get a bill in the mail from the credit card company. They're asking you to, to pay the debt that was owed. And if you're unable to pay that debt, the bank, it might extend you a grace period. Or they might work with you in some way by deferring a payment. But no matter what, the debt in the situation is still owed until it's paid in full. The debt you you created uh, once and for all, once you pay off that debt, and then they can't come back and ask for more money. They can't charge you interest because the debt has been forgiven, it's been blotted out, or it's been erased. 
In much the same way, uh, their sins under the Old Covenant had accumulated a debt that was owed. And the sin debt was paid for at the cross by the blood of Christ. And really the theme of the book of Romans is paid in full. And we should all be utterly, deeply thankful for this. You see, because you and I, as sinners, we could have never paid the debt. You see, only the king himself had the resources and the power to do so. We even sing a song occasionally, He paid a debt uh, he did not owe. And that's true. The sacrifices of the Old Testament were a, were a shadow of the thing to come. And that thing is the cross. But you see, the bill came due at some point. And if Jesus had not died on the cross and shed his blood for the sins of the world, all the sacrifices in the Old Testament would have been worthless. Again, it's because of the blood of Jesus that you and I have any hope. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the new covenant has power. And there's only one way for us to come in contact with the blood and the king. And we must acknowledge who he is. We must want to live a life faithful to him and him alone. We need to enter a covenant relationship that starts off uh, slow maybe for some and others it takes off right away. But we need to grow and mature that relationship. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be studying the Bible and reading the Bible. I know lots of times we, in our home, we just had the Bible playing in the background almost 24 hours a day. It's refreshing just to hear the Bible. We, we hardly ever have a television on anymore. We must be able to have a steady prayer life as well and find a congregation somewhere in our community, uh, maybe some places I know listeners probably meet in each other's homes. That's great. But let's study the whole Word of God, the complete Word of God, and let's know who God really is to the best of our abilities. So let's have fun trying to get into the depths and the corners of the mind of God. I thank you again for listening to the podcast today of Christ the King. I certainly hope that it's been encouraging to you. Uh, Jesus has always been king. He says so on his trial uh, with Pilate. And Pilate would ask him, uh, are you a king? And Jesus said, yes, I am. And so there's a lot of misbelief as well. Uh, as a side note at the end of here, I guess I shouldn't have dumped this on you. But this is, uh, this is something that needs to be said. He's always been a king. He's king right now. He's sitting on a throne and he's reigning. He's in control of the entire universe. He's the creator and he has the power to do what he wishes. Again, I wish you uh, well. I certainly hope that you will tune in next week as, as well. Please tell your friends and family about us and if it would be an encouragement to them. Uh, you can go to our webpage again and, and find links to our a social media account, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, we're not able to figure out Facebook or they don't want us. I'm not sure which. And we hope and pray that you have been edified, that you will be blessed. I know that we are. Please pray for us as we continue to put podcasts together and try to answer questions 
as people send them in. Again, thank you, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory. Thank you.